Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of On the Circuit, a show where we have conversations that spark innovation. On this week's episode, we are recording live at the Market Council Summit 2022 at a podcast booth sponsored by Halo Investing. I'm your host, Johnny Sanquist, CEO and founder of Three Crowns Marketing. And today, I'm joined by Tony Steak, Chief Revenue Officer at Entrustedy. Tony, how are you doing today? Johnny, thanks for having me. Super excited to be on this podcast and uh, talk shop. I'm excited to talk with you uh, because Entrustedy is an exciting new name that I think advisors are going to have to get to know quickly. So we're going to structure our conversation really around your new gig. I know a lot of people know you as Mr. Purple, and I assume that moniker will, will continue to follow you around, and maybe we'll get into some personal branding things at the end. But for right now, let's talk about Entrustedy. Uh, First of all, um, tell us about Entrustedy. Uh, what do you offer that's different than other existing custodians? But actually, to, to front load that question, who is Entrustedy? Start it there and then tell us what makes you guys different. Sure. So Entrustedy uh, is, is, is the latest uh, digitally native custodian. Uh, we're a full uh, custodian. We'll also offer all the services that traditional custodians offer, but it'll be all done digitally. And I think the the spirit of our our offering is the concept around empowering the advisor to be um, to be to be more efficient when using software, right? And we thought we saw as a gap. And quite frankly, there's a there there's there's plenty of space for more custodians. And uh, so we saw that, and we saw a need by the RAs to uh, be empowered by an R, uh, by a new custodian. And so that's why we built and and uh, it's been well received so far. We have a lot of great um, advisors in the pipeline. We have a, a new tranche of beta users that just joined the platform that are testing out the software to make sure um, it works for them the way they want it to work. Um, because really, it, again, it boils down to empowering them to be more efficient. And one of the things, one of the goals really is at the end of the day to take mundane tasks and reduce that burden and take that away from the advisor so they can be in front of the client doing what they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said uh, that you think there's room for more custodians. And I think people would tend to agree with you, especially with um, Schwab buying up TD Ameritrade and kind of consolidation there. But why do you think there is um, not just space, but a need for a new custodian to serve advisors? Well, I think there's a, there's a few things. One, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? So if we can come into the industry and kind of turn, un, you know, turn over all the stones, as it relates to the technology that you're offered, how you're serviced by the customer service team, and what fees you pay. If we can kind of assess and effectively consider all options, I think that will help the entire industry advance forward in what the investor and the advisor deserves from a custodian. Um, and yeah, there's plenty of space in the, in, in the, in the industry for all of us. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think there, there needs to be disruption. Right. Um, I think there needs to be a reminder of what we are in this business for, and that is to help advisors and their clients along that financial journey. And so when disruptive or new companies come in, um, the incumbents have to kind of evaluate how they do things, how they offer technology, how they service the advisor and their investor, and also how mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. charge. I want to get services. into the disruption aspect of what you're saying. And you're kind of talking about 
how technology plays a role in that. I think you know that's a huge focus of mine is fintech for advisors. Um, and if we're talking about disruption of the technology space for advisors, custodians haven't really traditionally been thought of as like the leaders in that movement, right? Like you've you've had some custodian tech that's been well received, um, and that does some really great things. But overall, uh, that tends to be like the riskalizes of the world, the Orions of the world, who are like, yeah, these are the leaders of of fintech, investnet, right? Um, so, in your opinion, should custodians be playing a more central role in that tech stack? Should they really be leading the way in that? in that tech development? No, that's a great question. And the, the short answer is yes. We should, we should, the industry needs to change. It needs to kind of dip, go away from the idea that the custodian can't offer good technology. Um, I think the problem is, is there's so much legacy uh, and artifact at these custodians that they can't modernize their technology stacks the way they, they could if they were newer, such as ourselves. Um, and so we're taking a different look at technology and what we're offering. Uh, I, I want to answer this in two ways, too, though. So uh, the first part is what we're going to offer technologically. I mentioned frictionless. I mentioned the idea of empowering advisors uh, to do more with their application, which results, which will in turn result in them being able to take more time with their investors. Um, we have built uh, VIA into our tool. It's virtual a trustee assistant. Um, it's a natural language processing tool. And the advisor and ultimately the client will be able to type in any type of phrase they want and VIA will take those actions for you. So, for instance, if you wanted to move money into Mary Smith's account, um, just type in simply send $100,000 to Mary Smith. VIA will open up and say, which Mary Smith is it? And you can select from the accounts. It'll then show you the brokerage and banking details and you verify that's correct. And then money will, will occur. And, you know, you might ask yourself, well, what about compliance? What about the risks there? Um, we, we haven't li eliminated any compliance. In fact, ours, uh, you know, the way we're looking at this is we're, we're going to be more compliant using technology, but we're just going to reduce the friction, making it easier to do. It's less keystrokes, right? It's less clicking through pages. So it's not necessarily um, you look at it and you might at first kind of be shocked, but we just said, no, no, we're just reducing the amount of time that someone needs to be in the application. But that can hold true for anything. You can change someone's address. Um, you can pull data. You can run. You can look up whatever whatever you imagine with this natural language processing tool, which makes you more frictionless. But I, So that's, that's answer number one on the technology side. Answer number two, though, is our goal is to be um, offer truly meaningful bidirectional integrations with the technologies that advisors know and love. What we're seeing in this is consolidation and typically this this move towards all-in-one, right? And that's okay, right? That's okay. Some people might want all-in-one. But many advisors, we're finding the fiercely independent advisors don't want all-in-one. They want to make the decision on whether or not they choose Riskalyze or another risk tool. They want to make the decision if they choose Orion or AssetBook or another tool, for instance. So we look at it that way, too, as saying we don't want to be an all-in-one. We, ne we never want to offer that. We want to focus primarily on the custodial, both the advisor and the investor technology, and then those having meaningful integrations, which will help them, again, mm -hmm. in, in a frictionless way, empower them between the technology I think it's interesting stack. the cyclical nature of what we see with the way the tech stack is developed. You know, back we had the, the old school 
uh, kind of you had all in one, and then you moved into those your silver bullet days, which the OGs will remember, like when you had a couple of tech companies come together and be like, no, we're sure. going to have these great integrations so you can just choose the best of breed, which was like the, the buzzword, right? Yeah. And now things are coming full circle. We're kind of coming back into that all in one uh, trend, um, but there's still so much opportunity, like you're saying, for advisors who still want to build their own st stack, who still uh, don't want to get locked in. To just making that single choice. Um, and I think that that independence plays a huge role in that, right? Like, you, you can't separate that out when you're serving REAs of that really entrepreneurial streak. And that and that connects through each phase of their business, right? Like, every decision they make is ultimately, like, I'm making this decision for my clients, but also for me as an independent thinker. So, I'm, sure. I think it's cool that you guys are yeah. building it yeah. with that approach. Yeah. No, and, and, and more to that point, like when you see breakaways, like they break away for a reason. It's not just not just the structure they're under, but it's also the technology. They want to be empowered with different technologies. And so, and again, back to that fierce mindset, like being independent, like I want to make those decisions. And so what we're saying is we're going to be the best technological custodial provider that we can possibly be, right? And in doing so, um, with meaningful integrations with other firms, I think the advisor will feel more empowered. They'll feel... They'll experience less friction, and ultimately, they'll be able to give more time back to their clients. Yeah. Okay, so last question. Let's talk about empowering advisors in, in 2023. Looks like we might have some rough, choppy waters ahead. Sure. Recession, yeah. maybe. You were a chief marketing officer for a long time. So if you're thinking about you know how advisors can uh, maybe take some actionable tips for empowering themselves to grow even in uh, some difficult times. What are you looking at as like, what are key growth trends for advisors to be knowledgeable about and to implement for themselves? Sure. sure. That's a great, it's a loaded and great question. I'm, I'm actually on a panel tomorrow. We're shooting this at Market Council. I'm on a panel uh, tomorrow on modern marketing strategies. And hopefully we get into this. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say two things on the topic. Um, one, yeah, I think we are heading for a challenging year or two and, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, of course, yeah, we ball, have no right? idea, right? Yeah, we We're don't just know. guessing. But what, what, possibly, if that were the case, um, I would lead with empathy. But I, I would say, first and foremost, focus on the clients you have, right? Making sure you're interacting with them on a communication schedule that they expect and desire um, with empathy and, and, and being that approachable human, right? And taking over that behavioral coaching mindset of helping them, right? So I think... You know, get your house in order first with your clients. And then if you do want to grow, I think there's a there there will be power in empathy, in marketing with empathy next year. And I think there'll be power in repositioning your messaging around that. And don't 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 fear monger, right? Um, maybe maybe just say in times of uncertainty, right? This is the best time to to leverage a human clients advisor. get enough fear mongering from right. everywhere else right. in the media and right. it doesn't really uh attract people to your firm as you're just adding to that noise right you and know? so and so yeah, uh, be the be the light in and, that. and that, that, that'll attract them in and of itself yeah right if you're just the if you're just the opposite of this fear mongering that we're hearing and seeing all all the time and being empathetic um i think that's going to be the way to grow next year i, I generally believe that yeah okay well tony Thanks for joining the podcast today. Appreciate you coming on. Johnny, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, thank you again.
Hey, this is Johnny Sanquist, the CEO and founder of Three Crowns Marketing. We're taking a quick break before we get to interview number two, so I can introduce you to who we are at Three Crowns. We're a full service marketing partner for high level service professionals, and we get to launch, scale, and grow unforgettable brands that are changing the world through technology and advice. So whether you need an updated brand, new website, ongoing marketing support, you want to launch a podcast, we have got you covered no matter what you want to do. And that's all I'll say about us for right now. You can check us out on threecrownsmarketing.com and let's get to interview number two. My guest today is Aaron Brode from Amplify. Aaron, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Hey, thanks for having me today. Hey, I'm I am very excited. We are um, live at Market Council right now and you guys dropped a press release. You're like, hey, we are Amplify. We're here get to know us because like we're coming in hot that's how i feel like your guys press yeah, release basically I appreciate that. that was the vibe of it um so i, I want to start off with a simple question to get everybody up to speed yeah. on you know this new player in the advisory space yeah who is amplify what do you guys do yeah um you know i think the simplest uh statement is that we are the ra's operating system and so we call it uh ross and so i think uh that is a, a very simple way to understand that uh, we handle end-to-end -end for the advisor, the clients, and the enterprise. Okay, I like that uh, terminology. Like the analogy to me, the operating system, um, feels very intuitive. Like you think of a, an OS, like yeah. Mac or Windows, and you're like, okay, like uh, anything I want to do, I can just run on this, right? Like that's that's the idea. So what are those critical kind of applications and, and use cases that you guys power essentially yeah. for firms? So I think first off is, is the entire system was built module. So we do have clients that come to us for just certain applications. Um, but I would say most of our clients are using the entire ecosystem and that ecosystem is from enterprise IQ that gives the business owners and the C-suite full visibility and through the entire practice. Um, we have a compliance hub called Defender that gives end-to-end -end dynamic compliance from risk scoring and suitability and then monitoring the client's portfolio and the models that the advisor is running, a full trade engine that is connected to pretty much every major custodian out there. I mean, we were the first uh, technology trade solution that was fully plumbed into the Goldman Sachs new custodian. Uh, that's a pretty good spot to be. Yeah. Premier p p position with Goldman is a good, is a good place. Um, the tech space, as you know, is crowded, right? So, like, we we track the uh, Kitsis FinTech map, yeah. and how that's, like, just explodes more and more every year. So, um, you're an advisor yourself. Yeah. So, what kind of, like, prompted you to, like, see this need uh, and, uh, and build out Amplify, you know? Yeah. You know, I think first is the essence of the fintech space where we started to have these little kind of very siloed tech solutions and it was a it was great i mean we all just were like oh this is exactly what the industry needs you know we need these kind of one-off solutions mm -hmm. i think fast forwarding today though there's so much noise and advisors and business owners in the ra space they don't specialize in knowing what tech to use and so when there's 
15 different, you know, risk scoring systems, or there's 19 different trade order management systems. They're like, oh, it's just kind of this like paralysis of choice now. It's like, oh my goodness, I just want someone to make a choice for me. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I then I think the other big thing is data and integrations. You know, I have five or six different, you know, tech widgets, but they don't really integrate with each other. And then how do I get my data out of all these so I can have one single source? So that data warehouse, I think, is the critical component of why we built Amplify. Hmm. And so we're the data warehouse. We can slice and dice all of the RA's data however they want to. And so I think that's the key component. I'm glad you you are talking about data warehouse because I think that this is like on my hot buzzwords, hot yeah. trends of 2023 for advisors to understand. It's kind of, it's an idea that's been picking up more steam. Like this idea of having not just a tech platform, but a data platform. Um, and I think advisors have felt this issue, like you said, with integrations, maybe don't, aren't bi-directional or they don't do quite what you want. And then you've got some data here, some data over there, and you're not quite sure what's being shared, what's, uh, the same between systems, all those, all those types of ideas. Like advisors have experienced that for a long time and not maybe had like a great way to describe it other yeah. than, uh, than just being dissatisfied with like an yeah. integration. So, um, if we're, if we're talking about like data warehouse as a critical idea for an advisor to understand as a, as a core tenant of how they build their tech stack, like how would you like very simply explain to an advisor why it's so critical for them to have like that single source of truth in their stack? God, it's a great question. Um, I think probably the biggest thing that we need to focus on in 2023 is the personalized experience for the client and the advisor and the firm. And to really be able to focus on a personalized experience, you need to be able to control that data. What we have found out at Amplify is that just because you're an RA doesn't mean you're like just the next RA down the street. Everybody has a little bit unique view. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a little bit of a unique delivery to their clients and how they want to consume information and how they want to deploy that out to their advisors and clients. And so I think this hyper-personalization movement and tech being very moldable to allow that, it's got to start with data. Yeah. And if it doesn't start there, it doesn't matter how cool the widget is or how user uh, friendly it is or how aesthetically pleasing it is. If you don't have the right data and that data is not flowing, those widgets don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Good data leads to good tech. And even if your tech's good with with bad data, your your tech's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's no good. Yeah. It's foundational concepts for sure. Um, okay. Aaron, before we wrap today, where do advisors need to go to find out more about you guys? Yeah. So, uh, you know, everybody here at uh, the Market Council, uh, we're, we got a nice booth right outside. So we're hanging out there. And then uh, we have AmplifyPlatform.com is the website. Um, you can learn all about us, reach out. We'd love to, you know, give you a demo, show you everything that we're about. And, you know, we have a few new releases coming out uh, while we're here at Market Council. So we have Mesh coming out, which is a really cool communication tool. And then we have Clarity, which is a client lifecycle management tool. Okay, cool. I'm excited to learn more about those too. So awesome. I'll be, I'll drop by your guys' booth later and appreciate get my it. own demo. Um, Aaron, thanks for being here. Appreciate you being a guest. I appreciate it. Thank you.